Angie. I am so sorry. You know, you are more than welcome to come stay with us in L.A. Oh, thank you, but I'm doing okay here. My mom told me that she's leaving me enough money so that I'll never have to worry. Lucky. When my mom dies, all I get is a bunch of old lady clothes and a gold tooth. It's not even her. She won in a poker game. <laughs> Sweetheart, we're starting your mother's video. Everyone gather around. It's time to hear Claudia's will. Veronica has really changed. Her mother just passed away, and all she's talking about is the money. It's like it didn't even affect her. Well, not everyone cries when people die, Angie. Some people cash in a gold tooth and throw a party. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Claudia. I know you're all dying to find out who gets my millions. So here it is. I'm leaving everything to my daughter, Veronica. Everything? Now, you're not getting it all right away. The money has been put into a trust, and the trustee I'm about to name will decide when you get it. The person I chose has worked hard his whole life and knows the value of money. Will Vic Palmero please step forward? <laughs> okay, now bend over and kiss George Lopez's ass because I pick him. Welcome to Beyond Succession with me, Nico Bunder. Beyond Succession is the podcast where we look at various concepts of succession and estate planning. We also discuss success, what it means to us individually, as well as draw from our various guests on what they've done in order to achieve success. Let's dive into today's episode. So in today's first episode, we're going to be discussing the topics of trusts and um, You know, when it comes to trust, they're very touchy subjects because you've got pretty much two extreme kind of people. Some people that really think there's no need for a trust if you have, you know, if you run your things genuinely, you're not trying to avoid or evade taxes or hide assets, then there's no need for you to have a trust, you know, and and the tools for criminals, etc. And you've got on the other end, people that thoroughly believe in trust and you know, think they're the holy grail of, of structuring your affairs and making and, and estate planning tools. And you know, they're a great way to to to, to structure your affairs in a in a in a in a way that allows you to pay the least amount of tax or in a smart tax planning manner or in a you know succession planning manner, etc. But the reality is neither are wrong and you know there's no there's a book I've been reading uh, called The Psychology of Money and there's a, there's a chapter in there that says basically not everything is as good as you know it seems and not everything is as bad as it seems right and that's the reality with trust really and like anything it can be a tool for criminals to conceal and hide assets but like you know in a, in a, in a, in a normal estate planning structure and you know where there's a genuine use of it it can be a great and efficient way to to structure your affairs in a tax efficient manner and in a manner that actually allows you to to plan for for future inheritances etc but before we get into all of this i just want to discuss the concept of trust so this is going to be a multi multi episode topic um, in that 
uh, it's quite broad and there's a lot of things to unpack and try and distill and I don't think doing it in one episode will do it any justice or will actually you know enlighten anyone on how useful these structures can be and also how detrimental they can be if they're not used correctly. So in this first episode we're going to get through the basics of what a trust is, the different kinds of trust and how, how, how one goes about setting it up and then in other episodes we'll look at other, other uh, matters such as the, the changes to the legislation based on you know, combating anti-money you know, laundering and, and, and corruption. So exactly what is a trust and you know <laughs> it, it's, it's going to be, I really hate when you, know, when you ask a question and, and, and someone's answer is well, it's complicated, and <clears throat> the reality is trusts are complicated to define. And you know, trying to find an actual definition of what a trust is, you know, various people have various different definitions. But in 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 my simple terms and how I view it, it is a it is an entity created to hold and take care of the assets of another uh, for, of another for their benefit. Right now. It's not one of the easiest things to define, like I've said, right? But it, it basically describes an agreement between the owner of, you know, an asset or the founder of the trust and, 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 and trustees uh, who, who effectively manage and administer the, 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 the trust property, right? And in terms of this agreement, the trustees are responsible for holding or administering the property separately from their own property. Um, and according to whatever the trust instrument is that, um, that, that that has been used to set up the trust. So essentially, a trust is an agreement between myself, if I found the trust, and the people I appoint as trustees, and they, I give them a certain, I give them assets uh, and certain property, and I tell them, you know, uh, through, 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 through that agreement, what they can and cannot do. I don't know if that makes sense, but that is in simple terms, how I can describe what a trust is. So trusts are, so trusts are basically created through a, a trust instrument, right? And if you create one during your lifetime while you're alive, you know, it's referred to as a living trust or an inter vivos trust. And then you get testamentary trusts that are set up in terms of a last will and testament. So, you know, these are very effective for, for people with minor children that don't want the, any benefits going to... To, to, to the guardians fund or you know any beneficiary that is a delinquent or you know struggles with money or has an addiction problem it, and you're basically trying to protect the beneficiary from themselves you would you know in terms of you will set up a testamentary trust i.e the trust would only be created when you die that trust would then administer and and control the property for the benefit of that beneficiary so you wouldn't leave the beneficiary the assets per se so if you left me a hundred thousand you thought i was a delinquent because i really like shoes and 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 my fancy clothing you wouldn't want to leave me a hundred thousand right because you think i just blow it on a couple of shoes you would basically say i'm setting up this trust this trust will receive the hundred thousand and it will use that hundred thousand for the care and maintenance of nico right but if you set one up while you're alive, and which is, you know, these are going to be the focus, uh, these kind of trusts are going to be the focus of our trust series. These are living trusts and they set up in terms of a trust deed, which is a, which is a document, um, like, I, you know, like I previously said, an agreement that sets out 
all the details of the trust. Uh, you know, when the funding, who the funding member of the trust is, who the first initial trustees are, what the trustees can and cannot do, any meetings they can have, when the trust terminates, any conditions, who the income beneficiary is, who the capital beneficiary of the trust is, and and whilst. These, these are the most important documents. So your trust document or your trust instrument, you know, if you set it up in terms of a, a testamentary trust in terms of a will or a living trust in terms of a trust deed, this is the most, this is one of the most important documents. I was about to call it the most important document, but all trusts are regulated by what we call the Trust Property Control Act, which is very thin. You know, you would, you would think legislation around a trust would be a thick, you know, almost as thick as the, 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 ta- the Income Tax Act, but it's a very thin piece of legislation that has certain guidelines and 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 certain certain regulations around trustees who, and what they can and cannot do but it's very thin and that's why your trust deed and your trust instrument is very important because that allows you to actually set up a you know you know even more discretion or limit the trustees power significantly so you want to make sure that your you know your trust instrument is is properly set up but you also want to make sure it's in line with the regulations of uh, and the rules and you know of the country so it's not like you get to do whatever you want to do in your trust deed you can to us to an extent that it is lawful like any other agreement like I've said, when you set the trust up, you can set it up through, a, you know, if it's a testamentary trust, through a, a will, a last will and testament, or if it's a living trust that you set up now while you're alive, you set it up through a trustee, right? Now, your trust, they're, they're different kind of trusts, right? Because they're trusts where the actual assets of the trust, right, are held by the beneficiaries, right? So that means that those assets are actually owned by the beneficiaries. All the trustees do is administer. So the, the trustees have no ownership over the over the prop of the trust assets, or well, the trust has no ownership of the trust assets. You know, and that ownership lays with the beneficiaries uh, of the trust. But the management of that trust property is undertaken by the trustees. They make decisions relating those kind of um, those kind of assets and 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 how they affect the beneficiary right but ordinary trusts or ownership trusts as they refer to these are where the founder of the trust actually transfers the ownership of the property to the trust right the trustees then hold the property for the benefit of the stipulated beneficiary as per the trustee so i would you know give the trust a hundred thousand rand that 100,000 rand is a trust asset it's owned by the trust the trustees then have discretion on what they do and who they how they distribute any of that trust income where they invest and you know but but ultimately the ownership does not lie with whoever my beneficiary is or they can do is basically reap the, the fruits of the trust uh, or, or the fruits of the of, of, of the trust property or on termination they would be the beneficiary then then they would become owners depending on what the trust deed says so this is again a very very important um, differentiation that people often fail to take into account when they set up trust on who actually owns the trust property and the wording of the trust deed is so important the wording of the trustee of the trustee 
determines you know who owns the you know the kind of trust that it is and where that ultimate asset lays in terms of ownership because if it if it's a if it's an asset that belongs to a beneficiary it's an asset that belongs to them all the trustees can do is basically you know manage that 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 asset but they will never own it right but if there's if if the trust owns the assets the trust the trustees have full and ultimate control both as owners and both as people managing and controlling the 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 the, the, the trust assets so it's important to distinguish what kind of trust you set up and what it means for your beneficiaries do they have a vested right or vested ownership of their trust asset or all, all they can do is basically eat off the trust property based on distributions to them by the trustees. So it's very, very important that you, you pick the right kind of trust, you know, and, and you, you, you use the correct wording within your trustee because this has tax implications. It has... Um, you know implications on 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 the powers and the, that your trustees can have and the discretion and the amount of discretion they can have and the amount of control they have over the trust property right so you want to pick your words carefully as best as you can and actually you know based on the objectives that you have if you know for a fact that your objective is to set up a trust and that the trust must own these assets and your beneficiaries are only to eat, you know, reap the rewards, and you, you know, it, 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 it's essentially a tool, a legacy creating tool, and it's a discretionary kind of trust. You, you know, where the trustees have discretion, prop, full and proper discretion. You want to set it up in that kind of manner. If you know that all you're trying to do is you want your your your, your children to to have the property, right? But you you're not sure if they're able to handle the responsibility or you know to take care of the property. Then you want the property to obviously belong to them, but you want the trustees to manage that trust asset, right? So in conclusion, you know you get you get a trust. It can either be set up while you're alive. Or a testamentary, you know, that means it will only be set up when you die and it will be governed in terms of your will and the conditions you put up there. If you set it up while you're alive, it, it's controlled by the trustee. But bearing in mind there is a Trust Property Control Act, which is obviously the overseeing legislation based on based on um, on, 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 on the you know the, the, the trustee, etc. Right? You also want to make sure you know that you're either setting up a, a, B-Vine, a B-Vine trust, which is basically a trust where the assets belong to the beneficiaries and all the trustees do is manage that trust property or an ordinary on owner slash ownership trust where the trust actually owns those assets and the trustees have full control and ownership of those assets, right? This is very important because of the implications that it could have tax-wise, and in terms of control of the property. So how is a trust set up? You know, how do I actually go about setting up a trust? And, you know, who, who do I submit to, etc. So in order to set up a trust, you've got to, you know, have a trust instrument. So let's, for example, say we're setting up an ordinary trust, a living trust, right? While you're alive, you want to set up this trust. You want to set up the Nico Family Trust, which is going to be a trust that holds assets, 
you know, for future generations and your benefit and the beneficiaries and descendants and you know your grandchildren, great grandkids will be beneficiaries of this trust, right? So you would then draft a trust deed to that effect. The trust deed would set up who the initial trustees of the trust are. It would set up what the powers of the trustees are, who the beneficiaries are, i.e., you know, um, your descendants, your grandchildren, depending, you know, how wide you want to cast the beneficiary list. Um, you would put in there, you know, what your initial don- you know, donation is, who, what, what your trustees can and cannot do. Can they invest the trust property? Can they lease out trust the immovable trust property, etc.? You want to give them, you want to give them, you know, you don't want to restrict them too much. You want to give them wide discretion uh, to a large extent. Um, you know, obviously while maintaining some sort of um, some sort of effective, uh, I don't want to say effective control, but uh, lines on, on, on operation. But you, you don't want to limit the powers of the trustees too much because then they've got to amend the trustee every single time. You know, you need to do something. Right? Once you've set this trustee up, you would then submit the trustee. You would submit a, a form to the master, pay the registration fee, and you would submit this all to the master of a high court including the trustees, the acceptance of trust, you know, the trustees' IDs, um, and you would have filled in the, the, the forms, and the master would then register this trust. And you would issue a, a letter of authority that would have the trust name, the trust number, and who the trustees are. Now, this letter of authority is what gives the trustees the power to act. So whilst you can have the trustees, you know, in your trustee at that moment, if you don't have a letter of authority with their names on it, they cannot act on behalf of you, cannot do anything on behalf of the trustee. So this is this document is essentially your 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 power document that allows you to 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 then make uh, decisions and act and you know open trust bank accounts, etc. You need this letter of authority from the master, and every time a trustee is removed. Or they resign, etc. You will, or you appoint a new one. You will need to go back to the master and and get a new letter of authority that you know in that shows who the current trustees are. Remove any resigned ones, put in any appointed ones. You know, and there's formalities to how that is done. But this this letter of authority is what gives the trustees the power to act on behalf of the trust. There is no authority without this. So if you don't register the trust or you don't get a letter of authority, you cannot do anything with the trust. It's simply then just a document that exists, but cannot do anything. It cannot operate. It cannot open a bank account. The trustees cannot do anything, right? And you want to keep this um, this document safe and you present it, you know, every time you need to act on behalf of the trust. And there's other things you will do, you know, that will allow you to act on behalf of the trust. But this is the most important document. That's why it's called a letter of authority. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I hope we've covered the basics of trust and, you know, what a trust is and how it's set up. Um, and in the next couple of episodes, we're going to we're going to address the nitty-gritties of how to put, you know, assets into a trust because I think this is a very important topic. And then we'll take it from there in terms of the changes and the new responsibilities and also whether it's still worth it to have a trust. So stay tuned and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beyond Succession. I'm your host, Nico Banda. 